Hey, this is Jordan Sutton, pastor at Clear Path Church. Thank you for tuning in to our sermon podcast. We appreciate you listening. A little about our community. We love to come together. We love to come to the Lord's table together. Uh, We're a community trying to be led by the Spirit, just walking through Scripture together, walking through life together. If this message is an encouragement to you, bring some hope to your life at the end of the sermon. There'll be a little bit of information about how you can get in touch with us. Stay tuned, and thanks for joining. How many of you got a text that it's like a financial commitment Sunday? You know what you know what you do when you have a financial commitment Sunday is you just have an hour and ten minutes. Stay home. You have an hour and ten minutes of worship, and then ten minutes of testimonies, and then now we just all go home. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm going to share a little bit. Uh, I, will t- I told you guys that we we had uh, a few weeks ago. I shared that we were going to be doing this. I wanted to give people enough fair warning, um, partially because we have never um, we. If you've been here for any length of time, you will know we don't ask for money that much. In fact, the amount of times that we've asked for money for the church in almost 14 years of being around is, I think, zero. Like, we've, we've taken up many offerings for other people, uh, but I think, we've made, I think we've made zero asks. And so, like, the idea of asking for money was something for me that, was, that put fear in me, um, frankly. For a whole number of reasons that I won't share. I shared that with you. But what I want to tell you is, I'm not afraid this morning. I'm excited. So, praise God for that. Uh, But before I share, I want to tell you a little bit about my journey with finances. We all have sharing with these guys uh, beforehand in prayer that Everybody kind of has unique vantage points. Like, you know how we sang the song, you know, every time we worship, we see your face. I, I feel like a lot of times the way we see the face of Jesus when we worship is in other people worshiping. And so many times. And, and so people just have like different vantages. One of the vantages that God has given me that's unique is the ability to have proximate relationship with people who have in, insane abundance and nothing. And, uh, and also in my own life, I've experienced uh, not nothing and not insane, insane abundance, but I've, I've experienced lack and abundance. Um, it was November 2016 that we were going to lead the church uh, to shift to Sunday morning house church in 2017. How many of you were there? That Sunday we talked about that, a number of you. And I remember um, the night before we were going to make this, we were going to give, I was going to give this talk. I laid down with Grace. At that time we were in our old house and Grace and Eden were in one room. And she was in a high, high bunk um, at the old house. And so I got up in her bed and laid down with her and I was like, Grace, I'm a little worried and afraid because I have a hard thing to share tomorrow. And I was like, would you pray for me? And I was like trying to be dad, but like, honestly, I was just nervous. And so I laid there and she, she was uh, probably eight-ish at that time and just prayed over me. And it was a whole season of a extremely refining season. So about two years before, um, Andrea and I were at, in Redding, California. I think it was 2014, maybe I think 14, maybe 13. We were in uh, we were in Redding, California, and uh, we were driving away, and we'd gone to some conferences over a number of years uh, there. And we were driving away, and we I looked at Andrea and I said you know, I don't think we're going to come back here for a long time. And she was like, I had this dream, the same experience. And uh, 
And so, anyway, as we're driving away, I had spent some time talking with a friend of mine, and I came to the conclusion I was at that time working for my dad in the business that we used to own that was here in this building called VAR Technology Finance, or I think it was called VAR Resources at that point. And I called my dad and mom and said, hey, I feel like the Lord has told me that I'm not supposed to stay with this company or eventually run the company like I'm supposed to be full-time as a pastor. And it was a, honestly a fairly, another fairly scary thing for me to say. Uh, my parents can testify to this. Uh, as a kid, I, I'm very young. I had two things I wanted to do. I wanted to work with my dad in business, and I wanted to be a ministry. That was really early for me. I was just like, this is what I'm going to do. It's like, okay, that's what I do. And not, I'm not saying kids need to have no, what, it's probably better for, for people to figure things out. But I was not figuring things out. At, at 11 or 12, I knew this, is what I, this was the path God had for me. And so I called him and said, I think at some point you probably need to sell a business because this is just not for me to do. And my dad and mom, I think we're both on the phone, and my dad was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's great. It sounds like God is leading you. I was like, oh, that was a lot easier. <laughs> and so... Not that I would have expected anything different. Just, you know, you make, you make, we build things up in our own mind. And so at that point, this church was running probably 150, 180 on a Sunday morning. And I'm like, okay, go full time. And this is when you go grow this church to 300 or 500. And um, that did not happen. Um, in fact, exactly at the time that I went full-time is the point in which our church stopped growing. And uh, it's funny how things work. And so fast forward two years later, 2016, during this time I'm talking about, and I'm sharing all this. I want you to understand, I didn't tell you this at the beginning, but I'm sharing you this so that you understand my own journey with trusting the Lord in finances. So we're, so it's 2016. We are leading up to this time where I'm going to give this presentation where we're going to go to house church on Sunday mornings. And in August, we had two like key staff members step down in the same month, come tell me Craig Fuller was our kids pastor time. Gabe Jones helped us with various things. Both of them came to me at the same time. And so we enter into a season, I think for two months, of four nights a week of prayer in our home. During that season, we have this thing happen where in the same week, I think it was, we have this, there was a member of our church that Andrea was pouring into who, who came over to our house while we weren't there, came into our house, our alarm went off, she smashed our alarm system uh, to pieces, and the police showed up. And um, it was crazy how God led us away from that situation. And, but we'll tell that story. In the same week, I had my truck stolen out of my driveway. And we're praying like four nights a week at our house. And it's like, well, this is a lot of things going on at once. And I, come, I think a few weeks later, the police in Grand Prairie found my truck. And I got it returned to me. I... Uh, a couple weeks later, the engine failed, and the insurance covered it as a total loss. Thank the Lord for insurance. Probably <laughs> Dave Thompson covered it. And, and so I'm sitting during this time. We're seeking the Lord. I'm sitting in a prayer set in an upper room, and this is a sanctuary of 500 people, and there's four people in the prayer set. Three, maybe. It's like us and like a couple other people, like, Maybe a guy like washing the windows. There's nothing happening. And we feel the Lord tell us, and I'm telling you this so that you understand my journey, not to say whatever. We feel the Lord tell us, we want you to empty your savings account that contains the money that we just had lost the car. We want you to give your money. I want you to give money right now, and I want you to trust me. So I think we have like a little bit of money in a 401k, but other than that, we just pulled what we had, no offering, 
being, there was no offering being received, there was no missionary going to care for people in Africa. It's just, just by ourselves, we put this check in, this, in the deal, and we say, okay, God, we're going to trust you. Now, over the next few years, that moment shaped our lives in weird ways. Like, for example, I bought like a, a, an inexpensive minivan a couple years later that lasted me a couple years from a friend. I borrowed a truck from my dad for nine months. Matt Campione actually let me use his truck. Josh Tomko let me use the truck. But about half that time, I just ride Uber and you know figure out ways to bum rides off of people. And I could tell you as someone growing up with an imagination or a thinking that I'm going to have you know, very easy financial success, there were like probably seven or eight times in that time that we paid we paid our groceries by the penny, you know? And like, we were fine, we had enough, we didn't have to go into debt. But you understand what I'm saying? Most of you have been here. Like, we are just like, okay, when are we gonna get out of this, like, making it month to month? And so we'll go forward. And I realize that so much of my life was shaped by this one moment. Like, I, it's a fast forward a few years, and I've told you guys the story about how Andrew and I are arguing about our budget in public. And Andrew, there's this one coffee shop, we go to like six different coffee shops, and, and we have one, and it seems that we, we, every time we go to this one, we argue. And she's like, I, I don't like coming here because they only think <laughs> that we argue, and we don't argue that much. And so we were probably at this particular one arguing about our budget, and she's like, we need a second car. I'm like, we can't afford a second car. And she's like, but we need a second car. I'm like, you don't understand what the word need means. <laughs> uh, I didn't say it quite like that. I'm, I'm embellishing for comedic relief in here, okay? Um, and so she was like, you know what? You're right. And I finished when I said, okay, God, but if you want me to have a vehicle, tell, show me the exact next one. The exact one happened. I told you guys the story. My brother shows up next day riding like Humpty Dumpty on an electric bike. <laughs> and I buy an electric bike um, a couple days later. And I cannot tell you how many people that have been ministered to in Uber and how, and how my whole relationship with this, the city and how God, like, I don't even, I can't, I was trying to pull all the details together, but there's an enormous number of how even where we are as a church is connected to that one little tiny moment. God awakened in me something with the obedience of a bike, but I never would have been there unless I had trusted him in the first place. And, like, there's this, there's this uh, I'm going to talk to you, about sowing and reaping in a different way than maybe you've heard it. James 3, 16 through 18 says, for where you have where you have envy and selfish ambition, boy, we don't like to rebuke selfish ambition, but where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven, it doesn't feel like wisdom when you're draining your bank account, is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace will reap a harvest of righteousness. Now, I don't know if this is a direct application of the scripture, but it's close enough. When I sow this seed, financial, I, um, I have not, well, I did not immediately get reap a financial reward. <laughs> And I don't think there was any financial reward connected. But I have, God has used that moment to reap a harvest of righteousness in our lives. There has been a reframing of our understanding of resources and how he wants to work through us. And I think that over the years, because I was exposed personally to ministry that felt like some pure intentions and some selfish ambition. And when that connects with finances, it's, it's a heck of a cocktail in a church. When, it, when, it, when, you're, when you're feeling the pressure to do something because 
we, and, you're, and you're trying to discern, is this ambition or is this spirit? Right. Like, that takes a toll on you. And so as I, as I had seen that happen or unfold a number of times, my choice was, you know what I'm going to do is I'm just going to never ask for money for anything. <laughs> and I realized that in doing that, um, and I'm not saying, you're not, we're not going to be pulling out the offering plate and doing 20-minute offering messages next week. That's not the point. But the point is, is that we need the opportunity to sow financially to trust God. And it does reap a harvest for us. It does. I, I think I heard Bill Johnson say one time that the, that the most um, incredible moments of faith he's ever seen, uh, that at least a couple of them were in, in an offering setting. And so today, I, we're making an unapologetic financial ask. Um, but I'm specifically, I'm committing to you that we won't beat you down with this. Like, you're not going to hear about this every Sunday for the next 27 years, <laughs> number one. But number two, I'm asking you not to sow based on what you think you should do, but based on the Spirit's leading or what you think that you should do. Like, no obligation to loyalty here. No obligation, no fear None of that, none of like your masterful budget wisdom. I'm, I'm asking, I'm making an unapologetic ask to partner our faith with what God is doing. Yeah. I can't look around and say, oh, we have like this army of thousands to go take East Dallas for Jesus. But I recognize that as best I can that we're being led by the Spirit into where he has for us. And I believe that a significant part of that that harvest comes from sowing in faith financially. And I, I, um, I think that um, we can uh, separate that part and think that faith is all in all the other things, the spiritual things. But it is in the financial things too. Amen? Yeah. So I, I, I want to share, I want to share some pictures in a moment uh, with you. But before I share some pictures, we have some exciting pictures of what the space is probably going to look close to like. And, um, uh, but I want to share a few practical things financially. Um, this first thing is the church is the sole owner of this property. Somebody asked me, they were like, now, Pastor, are you, are you the one who owns this building? And I was like, no, no, I do not own any, I do not have any direct financial benefit from this. You aren't giving to my retirement. Like, you know, the, ch the church is what is called a 501c3. It's a nonprofit organization. You know, this is how every church is that's observed by the IRS. Doesn't pay taxes, but is a legal entity. And no one owns the church. There are direct, there are boards of directors and there's president. You know, and I'm the pastor of this church, but in terms of legally, like there are directors, you know, uh, secretary, that can, so there's a there's a legal uh, way that it's run, but no one owns the assets. Like in a business, the owner, um, and oftentimes the C CEO, but not always, they they own the assets of the business. If they were to absolve the business, they would get the real. It, that's not the case here. So everybody understands. Church owns this. You aren't giving to Jordan or Andrea. You're giving to a church. And we are also giving financially to that church. Just want to make that clear um, because somebody asked me the question. I'm like, okay, I will make sure to clear that up. Um, second thing is that I, I, uh, I have known what people, if people tell me that they're going to give something, I find out. But I, to this point, have never known I don't ever look at the list of who gives what in this church. And that will not change here. I don't think that's required. There are some pastors that do know. Not, but it's just the way I've done things. So if you are worried about, oh, if I, you know, I don't give enough, then it won't seem like I'm bought in. Guess who won't know? Me. <laughs> I will not know. <laughs> and so I want you to know that. Like, 
Um, if, you, if you have some testimony of how it stretches your faith and you want to tell me, please come tell me. But otherwise, I'm not going to know because I'm not going to look at the names and numbers. I look at the financials, which accounts for like the overall. And I, and I have an understanding of sort of the average giving per household and that kind of thing without knowing names. But I do not know who gives what here. Everybody cool with that? Yeah. And and so I just want you to understand that. Um, we, we, so third thing is the vision for giving to this fund is not just about paying bills. <laughs> Our goal is to raise some money, uh, like one-time money and some monthly money, as we've talked about, to be able to go in, to be planted into this community, to invest an enormous amount of money or a lot more money than we have been in the first couple years in doing community-based initiatives to engage ourselves with the surrounding neighborhoods. And so our goal is to be planted in the community, to see what God is doing people with people there and partner with it. And so that is, there is an element of this that's bill paying, but if we wanted to, as I've shared with a financial video, if you've got a chance to look at it, if we wanted to cut out all the, the benevolence and missions and all that stuff and just pay bills, we could probably do that. The, the goal here is how do we remain generous and enter into a space and engage a community? That's why we're calling it the planted fund, not the building fund. So um, our hope is that we raise money that will help us to continue to pay bills, but will also help us be generous. So anyway, everybody say amen. amen. Just, uh, I... Uh, I wanted to have my parents here this morning um, because how many of you have heard me talk about this? My parents started a nonprofit they gave a bunch of money to. They're, that nonprofit is loaning us the money to purchase a building, and they are also giving um, a hundred, the first hundred thousand dollars of matching to the first hundred thousand that comes in. Mm -hmm. And so I want you to understand that we would not be buying this building if it wasn't for them. So there's, they, they do not benefit from this financially either. The loan that will get paid back will get paid back into a nonprofit that will then go to scholarshiping uh, those that are going into the ministry at Southwestern Assembly of God University. So all the money we pay back to the loan goes back to people who are being raised up to be pastors. So just so we're clear, nobody is benefiting. <laughs> Nobody's flying around on jets off this. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but I'm, I I'm giving. Want to say something well, I want to have. I'll, I'll let, I asked him to share, so he knows. But I'm just telling you that we also would not be in this space if it wasn't for their generosity. So I need to understand that we wouldn't. We might not have a church if it's not for them. And I'm great. I'm very, very grateful. Um, so actually, why not? Why not y'all? want to come up and share? I wanted to have them share, just like how God led them in this process. Dad tore his ACL. Okay. Uh, Jordan, I knew we were coming several weeks ago, he told us. And Jordan and Gary talked earlier yesterday, and Gary said, do you want me to speak something? And he said, well, maybe so. Then Jordan called last night and he said, Mom, get, I want to talk to both of you guys. And he, and he said, uh, it might be good if both of you share. Well, Jordan knows me, and I am more likely to never say a word and let Gary talk. <laughs> Had Jordan not prompted, I probably wouldn't say a word. And that I feel real comfortable behind. I also know when the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. Uh, Two months ago, six weeks ago, or whatever, uh, we go by Jordan's house, and I very quickly, I said, Jordan, I haven't been to the building. And he said, oh, Mama, I know you have. I took you. And I said, no, Jordan, I really haven't. You, Dad was with you. You went to do that. So we go over very quickly and see the new building. And I walk in, and we weren't even going to go in, but we did, and he sort of showed me through the whole building. And I was listening and I was hearing, but I also was hearing the Holy Spirit. As I walked through the building, 
the Lord was just, I was kind of like hearing, but I, I knew that the, the Spirit of God was speaking to me. But I didn't have, many times God speaks, but I don't have full understanding, and I certainly don't have all the words. But I knew God was speaking. So I'm going to talk about what I saw in the Spirit. So I, we go back, we do our thing, we take Jordan and uh, Judah back, and the next morning I wake up and I can't shake this thing off. Mm. But I don't have really understanding. And so I, at, in bed, I'm praying. And I said, Lord, show me what you're saying. saying. And he brought me back to a moment in time when I walked through that door. And it would be the Saturday before the first Sunday of this church. Mm. Now, we had met briefly in our home another service, but this would be the Saturday before the first Sunday here. And I walked through there, and I kind of go, wow, this is God. A, a church is being planted here, and this is God. And so I had that just since. So then the Lord took me back to another point in time, and all of this is in my mind and my spirit. And when Gary and I decided it was time in the company for us to buy a building. And we looked kind of in Richardson, we looked in Plano, we weren't really necessarily having to be off I-30. But then this building became known to us. It wasn't even listed on MLLs, if I remember correctly. And so this became the building we would buy for at that moment in time, we think we're buying it for the business, which it ended up serving very well. I think you might have been in high school at that point. I can't remember. But anyway, but what what would become known to me is that God wanted us on the I-30 corridor. I think there mm -hmm. was a purpose. We didn't know that at the time, and ClearPath was not even a it was not even a thought. But God knew. God would know that there would be a, a church being planted here and needed to be planted here on this, and I believe specifically on this I-30 corridor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It would become a blessing for our company, and then this church would be started here. Yeah. And so we didn't know that at the time. And then the Lord, over the next, this happened in the next morning, and I go back to the now, what will be the new building, and the Lord is showing me the same Spirit of God when I walked through that door that Saturday that hit me that this is God's plan and this was good was hitting me. That same Spirit of God was hitting me in this new location. Except there was something very distinctly different. And as I sat there and it was like the Lord was showing me in the spirit world what was happening. The first time when we walked in, there were a group of us that were coming and supporting Jordan and Andrea in what God had was calling them to do. But this time, and it hit me so strongly, it's like the Holy Spirit just hit me strong. This time was different. What I saw in, the, in my mind and the Spirit, and as the Holy Spirit was really revealing this to me, I realized this was not just Jordan and Andrea. This was y'all. Yeah. I saw it so strongly. Like I saw that this group of people that God was planting, yeah. he was having you go in and possess and inhabit a land mm -hmm. of which he's calling. And as I saw, as I saw in the spirit, and I'm not kidding, it was just like, it was like God was unveiling this whole thing to me. And I saw that you, it wasn't Jordan, it wasn't individual people, it was you. God has called you to go in and mm -hmm. possess this land for his kingdom and his purpose. And as you, as a group of people, go in and possess this land, you will walk individually in what God is calling you to even greater purpose 
it will put you in proximity to people that you would never know. Mm -hmm. It would put you in proximity as you walk through this thing. There is a lot that God says in the word about possessing land. Yeah. This is your time. This is you. This isn't just Jordan and Andrea this time. It is you. And God has called you to possess and inhabit this land. And I felt it so strong, so, so, so very strong. And so when Gary and I made the decision and, uh, and talked about what our, per, our, our thing would be financially, it would be in two things. Our decision would be made in unity and in peace because I know this is God's will. Yeah. Probably I haven't let her talk a long time. She's <laughs> <laughs> probably better than I am. So, <clears throat> God's amazing, huh? God is amazing. There is no God like our God. And, and I just really am thankful for that God is always with us. But I was. The first time I went by to see this building, I was like, oh, this is where, and I just felt like it was where we're supposed to be. And so, like Sherry, I really believe God. But I wanna, <clears throat> I wanna tell a story about me, and I don't think if I had, I don't think we, any of us would be sitting here unless I made a crazy decision 40, I don't know, a little over 40 years ago, I think. So, I, I was working at UPS, I was a part-time supervisor, and I got fired. It was unjust, it was an unjust situation, but I won't go into that, but, um, and the next, I think it was the next day I was in service, and I had $200 in my bank account. I had nothing. Really, and I had like a thousand or two thousand dollars in bills. I'm like, man, I'm just this is a hard, hard situation. So, but I'm in service, and the Lord says to me, You need to give a hundred dollars in this offering. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm like, I'm gonna trust you, God. So, I gave a hundred dollars, and I'm, I'm gonna pause here and kind of a scripture that came to my mind was the. You know, the four lepers in Second Kings when they're outside the wall. I don't remember the story exactly, but they're outside the wall and the Syrians are getting ready to attack. And they couldn't come inside because nobody wanted them inside. You know, they didn't really have any, you know, where to go. So they said, well, we can just sit here and die or we can just try to trust God and go out here and see what happens. <laughs> so they just took off and... God, I, I, the best I recall in this scripture is he made all this noise like there was a, all these people coming to attack these Syrians and they all left and all, all the spoils were there for them. And so they went there and they got that and then they said, wow, we could just sit here and be fat and happier. We could help the whole city. So that's what they did. So I think that's what's going to happen here. But let me finish with my story now. So I gave $100 in this offering. And the next day, my after that, my former boss at UPS calls me and says, hey, you know what, this isn't right. I'm going to give you a month's salary. So that happened. And that very next day, I got a job in the computer industry, which really led to me learning everything about the and, and making all these connections and learning about the you know the what's called the technology channel and it really I couldn't none of this would have happened I would not have had this company you know we wouldn't have had the resources to have this building so we really wouldn't be sitting here at all <laughs> if I hadn't to give a hundred dollars Half the money I have, I was like one of those lepers. I was like, well, okay, what am I going to do? 
let's just go trust God and see what happens. So, you know, I don't know. God's not a magician. You know, it's not like a magic trick. He's going to give you money back. I do know this, though. God will bless you if you have faith. If you give in faith, it will come back some way or the other. God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He really is. And that's diligently seeking God if you're really trying to build up his kingdom. But, I mean, I know that's a crazy story, but it's absolute true, 100%. So what I would just, what I believe in my heart is... We're like the, and I do want to say this too. This, Sheree and I, you know, right now we're across town and we attend church somewhere else, but this is our church too. I think you guys know that. I mean, this, this is, this is as much our church as any church. So, but I do believe that you're going to be like the, the lepers that go over here and like, oh, wow, the, God has destroyed the whole enemy over here. He's tearing down everything over here, and you're going to bring, be able to bring all kinds of resources, yeah, yeah. the kingdom resources, and it's going to destroy, destroy the enemy's works in that area. Yes. And God is going to fill it up with his love yeah. and change lives like never before. I want. I know we're like we're going around, uh, but I want Zane to come and share what God was speaking to him in the process too. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's just been an amazing process. I don't want to share like everything God has done in the process because we'll be here forever. Um, but I do want to share just kind of like I don't know one thought that I have on the building. I do. I very strongly know that this is where we're supposed to be, and we've looked at. Um, many of you know that I work in real estate, and we've looked at many buildings over the years, and we've looked at buildings that looked all different kinds of ways. We've looked at buildings that looked like we've looked at churches, you know, where that that churches were moving out, or if we could share a space with one. We've looked at shopping centers, and we've looked at I don't know everything in between. I think, yep. and um, I think that there's a real beauty and that God, I think that he is intentionally has given us a building that actually says something about our community, that actually represents our community in a way that, you know, um, when I think about the people of Clear Path, I think about a people that are very genuine and there's not a lot of religion and there's not a lot of facade. There's not a lot of, um, we don't speak in a lot of Christianese most of the time, but you're a people that, that have pure hearts to seek God and to be transparent, to be known. And I think it's really beautiful that God gave us this building that is so transparent. And that is so, like, you can see through it. You can see into it from the street if you want to. And you can see you can see out of it and you can see into it in, in this very natural way. You know, there's trees around, there's green around. And it just feels really symbolic of the fact that, you know, I think that we as a collective people in our hearts have worked hard to... Follow God in an organic way in which he's grew up growing us, you know, trying to be connected into the vine and trying really hard to not build these build man-made structures that get attention. Does that make sense? Yes. And I feel like that God has given us a building that very much just represents who we are. It's not, it's not fancy. It's not something where people would go, oh my gosh, look at, you know, how um, expensive that building it is. It is. But it's interesting, and it's unique, and it's transparent, and it's organic, and it feels like nature, but it also feels like community because it's in the middle of these new neighborhoods that are going up, and those people are going to need a church. It's just beautiful. Like, the, the things that God's orchestrated and set up are really amazing. And I know that Jordan, um, he, he's probably, are you going to read Isaiah 61 today? Okay, cool. We've read <laughs> Isaiah 61 like 84 times this year. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you a tiny piece of it. But at, that's where we got the name The Plan Did Fund from also. was It says, um, this has been the prayer that we've, the scripture we've read and the prayer that we've prayed more than anything this whole year, what God's been directing us to. Um, Jesus is talking about how he's going into 
that the, the Spirit of the Lord anointed them to proclaim good news to yes. the poor and the brokenhearted and the captives and the prisoners. Yes. yes. And to bring joy instead of mourning. I mean, we could just read the whole thing. It's good, but I won't. But it says, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. And then it has this, it has this curious um, thing right here. <laughs> says, instead of your, your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. Mm -hmm. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. And um, this might feel like a weird connection, but a few years ago when you, you guys bought your house, um, Jordan had told me many times that he would like to live on this street. And I saw this house come available, and... He was teetering on whether or not to buy it. And I, myself, along with a few people, said, man, you need to buy this house. Like, this is good. And we said at the time, this is a prophetic picture. God's doing it in your family, expanding your land before he expands the land of the church. And he'll often do this. He'll expand the land of people who are in leadership uh, at a church before or, or during the process of doing it with the church. Mm -hmm. And strangely enough, right now, we are in the process of buying land that will double the land of our house. Uh, and there's just this whole prophetic picture that God's weaving together where, um, and I would imagine it doubled your land too, maybe. More than doubled. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, more than doubled in my case too. We have half an acre and we're buying five acres. <laughs> we're not going to keep it all. But, <laughs> but, um, but basically, I'm just saying that I'm seeing all these pictures in life that are all interconnected, and I'm not trying to make it about land or possessions or whatever in the sense of, Financial. I'm talking about what God's doing and that he's just expanding things. And he's saying, hey, if you'll be willing to go and be a people who are anointed to go and bring good news to the poor, and you'll be willing to go to those who are brokenhearted, then I'm going to give you the right land and the right space that even, even visually embodies what you're called to be and what you're called to do. And it's going to be a space that's easy for us to invite the community into. So I just, I think that it's just going to be this beautiful blossoming of what's been, um, what's been growing uh, in seed form and in, in, in smaller form at Clearpath the last 14 years. So, um, yeah, I just know we're, we're in the right flow of God. So let's, let's do it. I mean, so much right there. I, uh, so I want to show you guys some pictures uh, really quick, I uh, we have like some. So these are initial renderings. This won't be like the final, but this is we've done like four or five architectural drawings. Andrea is actually going to put up. Oh, there's the space. Uh, go to the next one. Who has not been to the space? You don't know that it's like glass all around. That you know it is in East Dallas, so there's a few windows broken right now, <laughs> and there might be a graffiti tag on the front. It is what it is. Um, but it's but it has this beautiful like that was the vision even before was that it has glass on a few sides and uh, so yeah we have some initial renderings I'll tell you the things that are going to change but you can go to the next next thing uh, the front of the building is actually going to be in in the back and actually the architect helped us get there um, you one of the concerns we had was compromising the sort of nature vibe of the space because it's just so beautiful. And so what we decided to do, if you could see this little like mission door into this like courtyard, is that there will be like uh, a hedge that will create this little green space directly behind the, 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 the sanctuary. So all you'll look out and see is a hedge and like a little nice little prayer garden and like trees behind. And so you can go to the next space. Uh, there, that's what it kind of looks like from over here. Um, and this is like kind of the opening entry sort of coffee area. Um, if you want to go on to the next one. This is a kids room. So let me tell you a little bit about what we did with the kids rooms. We, we have four kids rooms currently, and we will, we will now have five. We'll have three that are classroom size. Our nursery will get larger, and we will, we will get an early childhood 
like large room that's kind of like a mini little auditorium that will be as large as our current kids room and then we will get this this new kids area that will be like 30 to 40 percent bigger so we will add a room we'll give ourselves the ability to reach out in this neighborhood and grow it honestly this gives us the ability to grow substantially uh, so so we would have a room for one-year-olds two-year-olds three-year-olds and then early childhood and then our, our kids and the cool thing is if you could see the glass will connect to the back of the sanctuary so that the where the place the kids worship will be visible from the place the adults worship so that's a neat, neat little feature. Go jump to the next slide. And it will also connect over to a little, a little playground that we will have that will be visible. So the kids, all of the kids' classrooms can run through the little courtyard right there and come to an enclosed uh, playground area that will not have two giant uh, swings on there <laughs> and, no, and no playground. <laughs> it will have a playground. Um, and so that's, that's the other thing. Uh, this is what the, the, the sanctuary will look like. It will have that sort of nature view uh, from the back, and you can, you can kind of see it right there. It's going to be cool. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. 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 I, I think it's pretty awesome. And uh, part of what we wanted to do is I feel like a lot of church buildings are very commercial um, because they've been kind of influenced by the kind of corporate world. Um, and we wanted to create a space that felt like sacred. And so we wanted people to be able to walk in the space and feel sacred and feel the sacredness of it. And one thing that I wanted to mention that I failed to mention in our financial presentation is that from a resource perspective, we will be, we will be, um, we will be building this entire space. When I, when you look at comps for building a space, um, like in square footage on small builds of this size commercial, we will be coming in under the comp average, including the land. And so if you imagine like what it would cost you to build space if you already had land, we will be, we'll be coming in with the land, with the building, everything will be below that. So I want you guys to know, like we are making it beautiful, but we are being resourceful as heck. Like... You know, we, we actually were in the final little negotiations, but we think that we bought, like, all the doors and, and like, lots of things that go inside that's about $30,000, $40,000 worth of value for about $5,000. And so we're, like, I'm just letting you know, we talk about the finances, but we are, we're out here scrapping. Um, so uh, I want to remind you real quick, and... We'll give a chance, uh, Susanna, where are you at? Would you give, the, give these out? I have, we do have uh, commitment cards that we want to put in every family's hand. Somebody help her hand these out. If you could go to the last slide. There's a number slide. As I, I presented this a few weeks ago, but our goal is to raise $12,000 a month and a half a million dollars initially to cover, uh, we think, we, we cover a, we have it budgeted for, you know, a million dollar innovation and $738,000 purchase. And we're prayerful that we're bringing that down, um, but I won't say that yet. Um, but the reason, uh, we're, we're also going to be raising some money. We're exploring partnerships with some people outside. Um, try to give one to every family as opposed to every individual uh, and uh, the uh, thing we're also going to be doing is, where did I lost my, oh, yes. One, one quick thing about this. We want to ask you to be prayerful about giving in faith. Um, if you are already a giver, I know, I, based on looking at the overall numbers, most people, 80 or 90% of people here are giving regularly. If you're already giving regularly, when you put this commitment in, please do not state what you're already giving. Like this, it, it, we're, there's no pressure. We're not compelling anybody. You're gonna, you feel that as the Spirit's calling you, but putting in that will just confuse us in terms of budget projection. We're trying to understand if we're going to be increasing, um, or uh, and I, my goal is I'm meeting with people 
every week to get financial help and partnership outside the body. And so I would rather not do 72 meetings a week. If you, if you, help, if you help us uh, by letting us know accurate budget estimates, it helps me know when I need to stop raising money. So, uh, so anyway, please consider that. And we want to invite you to give in faith. I'm going to give a moment when we come to the altar. We didn't even think about this uh, to take communion. We need to have some place for people to be able to give. If you want to go grab one of the baskets. Um, if you already know what God has put in your heart to give financially, then we've, we've given a little bit of prep time for that. And just go ahead and put your commitment in. If you don't know, we're going to give people a couple weeks to be able to respond. We'll leave this basket up there, and that's what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, I'm going to give people a moment. I'll talk through a few practicals. If you already know what you're giving, we would love to, to know. Um, we put a perforated part of the card there. If you can fill that out, there are pens at the back of the room um, that you can grab, or if you have a pen. Um, we would love to get some of those responses this morning. And then let me talk about a few practical things. First of all is that we are, it's a two-year commitment starting January 1. Um, we wanted to give, we wanted to start the giving now if, if you're willing. So it's kind of like a two-year, three-month commitment uh, so that we can go ahead and be accumulating the ability to buy down the loan a little bit. Um, that's a way that we can get ahead with that. So we will start receiving funds now. There is a planted fund on the on the internet, although we would like to have your commitment cards uh, so you can find the drop down. Um, we are going to follow up with those who commit. It's not going to be from me. Um, we're going to follow up a couple times because I don't know about you. I've supported missionaries and a lot of times they've had to follow up with me three or four times. Um, once we follow up a few times, we're going to stop following up. Um, we're not going to beat people down. And so we, we're just going to follow up for the logistical purposes of making sure we get people on board it uh, personally. And after that, we will, we, will let it, we will let it die. So I want you to know in advance that we'll do a couple follow-ups, but that we, will, uh, we won't keep following up after a couple of times. And then, let me see. We will give a couple of updates over the next six to nine months. You won't hear about it every week because we don't want to beat you down. And I, uh, I want to encourage you at the end to give as the Holy Spirit is leading you, not under compulsion, but with joy and with faith. I think that the, what God is wanting to do in this body is release joy and faith in this giving. And one of the easiest ways to tell, for me, that there's something wrong with my trust in God is when I'm offended by financial things. Financial offense is like the easiest indicator that there's something in my heart that's off. Yeah. And for me, finance, it doesn't get me, it's not like I don't need to have a luxurious car. The way that finances give me is security. I feel fear at times when I don't feel the security that finances brings me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just want to mention that, that like everything that we've done this morning in inviting this, we've been prayerful about, we've been thoughtful about to make sure that none of it is construed or presented in a way that glorifies anybody per, um, other than we're trying to glorify Jesus and be led by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so um, I encourage you to partner. If, you're, if it's offensive, I especially encourage you to partner. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I, Daniel, I need to get you to come up next week and share. It's I asked Daniel to share some testimonies of what's going on in a, in the ministry, but we're on the street. But we're we're two hours and fifteen minutes in, and we haven't taken communion. So, uh, I want to share with you this. I'll be brief. Daniel and I have been going out and ministering several days a week in the apartments down here, and it has been incredible the response. Like, it's been really unlike, just like, we've been walking in homes, praying over families and kids and entire households. And we have a couple of other ways that we are going to have people partner 
with what we're doing. First of all, we have two demo, if we are going to buy all these doors that I talked about, we are going to have a demo day that we need a bunch of volunteers to come out and help us take down doors, move lights, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The owner of the building that we're getting the stuff from has said, we'll, we'll let you buy the stuff, but you gotta get it out here. And so if we text you, if we text the whole church and we say we need help, we actually need you to text back <laughs> because it's really, there's some time sensitivity to some of these things. The other thing is this Saturday, am I we still on for, for this Saturday, we are, we are cutting down a couple of trees that are going to be in the way of some parking, a couple that are dying. Most of the big, beautiful trees are staying. But if you are, uh, if you want to come and help cut down some trees, there's going to be experienced help guiding us. This is like the best moment for guys the whole year. We need help this Saturday. Um, I'll get you the time. What's what are we thinking? So 7:30 in the morning to one o'clock in the afternoon. We are going to need five to ten guys. Uh, please let us know if you want to come help be lumberjack and chop chop down trees. One of the, the other, like, I just want to tell you, like, just briefly, all the different ways this is, we were praying, Daniel and I were praying, we've been, God's been doing, working powerfully in these apartments, and we said we need to be able to get into these neighborhoods too. But it's really, it's kind of normal to walk around an apartment and talk to people, but you just, like, walk around as a rando in the neighborhood, you know, it's, it's a little bit more awkward. And so we were praying on Wednesday, and a bunch of people here praying, and Chandra goes, well, you can, I could bake you some bread. And I was like, that's what we're going to do. We're going to bake some banana bread, and we're going to walk around and give banana bread away. And so there's going to be a point where we're going to ask people for baked goods <laughs> so that we can go walk these neighborhoods and talk with people about Jesus. And so if we ask you to bake some goods, we need some people to bake some goods. We, we're going to plan, I believe, Three, there are three distinct neighborhoods that are close to the church, and we're going to plan a walkthrough of all three of these neighborhoods at different times, and we're going to tell them, hey, we're praying for people. There's a church that's moving in here, and we're going to set up a, a specific interest meeting for all these different neighborhoods um, at different times, and we need people to be partnering with us on that, too. So I'm just telling you, if if like, if only like, sometimes this thing happens where like 50% of this body sometimes does a lot of work, right. we need everybody to help right. in the next six to nine months. Mm -hmm. So I'm just telling you that some of these things are gonna be happening and there's gonna be a lot of different ways to partner. Yeah. And yes, yeah. so how many thankful for what Jesus is doing? Amen. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, double portion um, but how many is this not just like exciting like I uh, Andrea did this thing too of she's got three easels out front she's going to put the building plans on everything so everybody can go look at them uh, one thing to make note of is that the way the sanctuary is is that there's a ton of chairs on one side that plan there's some architectural reasons that we considered it but we probably will move uh, 
the center of the stage over so that chairs will be a little bit more evenly distributed. So you'll see it. Go take a look at the plans. Um, I'm going to skip the, I had like a little tiny sermon at the end. No <laughs> point in doing that. Um, I want to have a stand uh, real quick. And I just want us to hold, the, give me oh, one of these cards. Where, can I, is there any card left? Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, I haven't filled mine out, but we're going to. We know Andrew and I have, uh, are also going to be giving to this. And so let's just hold these even if you don't have something written down. And God, we just pray that you would bless us with your spirit's leading um, to give in faith, not out of obligation of fear. I pray that you would help through generosity to just to just change this whole neighborhood. And God, I pray that you would give a harvest of righteousness in this body from this season of sowing. We bless you in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode from Clear Path Church in Dallas, Texas. If you'd like more info to visit us on a Sunday morning or to subscribe to our newsletter, check us out at www.clearpathdallas.com. Follow us on Instagram at ClearPathDallas. Thanks for listening.